0: Well, good morning, Horizon West Church. Uh, If you can believe it, we are just one week, seven days away from our first Sunday at Horizon High School. Uh, We are so excited. This has been uh, a long time in the making um, and uh, a lot of work to get ready for, but uh, we couldn't be more excited for what God has in store for us. Um, I want to really encourage you, uh, if you haven't done so yet, just make sure before next Sunday uh, that you. Uh, map the, the um, drive to Horizon High School, depending on where you're coming from. We really can't tell you, you know, uh, one way to get there. There's several ways. I will tell you, I know a lot are going to be coming uh, from a little bit north of the campus, from this uh, area around Oasis and other parts of Winter Garden. If that's you and you're coming south, um, just be, uh, be aware of the fact there is no 429 southbound exit. I'm getting into some details here because it's really important that you know that. My first trip to Horizon High School, um, I went flying by the school and uh, went, oh, there's no exit here. I got, I got to do a U-turn. So um, just map that out. You may even want to do a practice drive. We've had some of our families tell me they, they did their practice drive uh, to make sure they had the best route there. But uh, we are excited. I want to encourage you, invite uh, friends, family members, neighbors. Um, it's going to be an exciting Sunday for us and, um, and just good to be back after not being together for a couple weeks as well. Um, This is going to be this week, our last week of the I'm In series. Um, I have loved looking at these different men and women, uh, and in one case, a child, uh, who in Scripture model what it looks like when a person puts their yes on the table, when they say, I'm in for what God has for me. We've looked at uh, the disciples who left their nets to follow Jesus, the prophet Isaiah who said, here I am, send me. Uh, We've looked at Jesus himself who said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. And then just last week, we looked at an unnamed boy with a few fish and loaves who said, Jesus, you can have what is mine. And Jesus multiplied it and performed a miracle. And today on our last week of the I'm In series, we're going to look at an aging Israelite who lived more than a thousand years before the coming of Jesus. I tell you all of that to say that my hope for you and what you take away from this series is that no matter what your age, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what your background or culture is, that when you say, I'm in, to Jesus, he is ready to use you. That that God can use you right where you are. So today, I want to give you some context for the story that we're going to dive into. It is uh, year two of the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt. If you remember the story as told in Prince of Egypt or in some other uh, formats, Uh, the, The Israelite people have walked through the Red Sea. They are now in the wilderness or in the desert. And this is now year two of their wandering before they enter the promised land. But they are on the cusp of doing just that, of entering the promised land. And so Moses, the leader of the people of Israel, appoints 12 spies, or that's the biblical word, kind of more like scouts, one from each tribe of Israel. And he sends these 12 men into the promised land, to scope it out, and to bring back a report. Well, 10 of those men come back, and their report is negative. They say the land is too large, it's too dangerous, it's going to be too hard to go in. And listen to what one of those 12 men says in Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. Caleb says this, But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. You need a Caleb in your life, or better yet, you should be the Caleb in the lives of others. When everybody else was giving a bad report, everybody else was saying, this is going to be too tough. We can't do this. We don't have what it takes. Caleb says, no, 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 be quiet, be quiet. We can take it. God has promised it to us. We will overcome. My translation would be that when everyone else said, we're out, Caleb said, I'm in. For some of you who are students in elementary or middle school or high school, you're going to be surrounded by other students, and it's going to be tempting to go, but mom, dad, you know, all the other kids are doing it. Or maybe you're a single person, and you go, Chris, come on, let's be realistic. It's the 21st century. Every single person I know does A, B, and C. Or or maybe you're a married person. You go, all the married couples we know. Or maybe it's in your job. You go, all of my coworkers do this. Look, we are a called-out people, followers of Jesus. We are called to stand out, to sometimes be the ones swimming upstream while everyone else is swimming with the current. Caleb, in the midst of the negativity and the doubts and the faithlessness, says, Time out. God has promised it. We can take it. Paul called his young protege Timothy to a similar thing in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. This is one of the verses I remember committing to memory when I was in high school, and you'll know why in just a second. Paul says this to Timothy, But as for you, man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of God of many witnesses. I love that. But you, man of God, you are not to be like the people around you. But you, woman of God, but you, child of God, stand with faith when you are surrounded by fear. You need to know that the result of the faithlessness of those ten spies in Israel and their influence and impact on the people caused the people of that generation to not be able to enter the promised land. In fact, what the people did in Numbers chapter 13 is that they then threatened to stone not only Caleb, but another one of those spies, a young man named Joshua, the only two who had the faith to enter the land. And as a result, God judged that generation of Hebrews. The entire generation, in fact, would end up dying in the wilderness with only Caleb and Joshua being allowed to to enter the promised, man, promised land. And I, I got to tell you, I actually learned something as I studied this passage this week that I didn't know before. Do you remember how long the Israelites wandered in the wilderness or in the desert? Some of you I know do. They wandered for 40 years. Well, do you know why that was the case? I'd never learned this before. We, we know it's, well, they were un, it was unbelief or they... No, it was a direct result of this exchange in Numbers chapter 13, where they choose not to believe the promise of God. And in fact, in Numbers chapter 14, where we're going to turn next, we actually learn that God judges the Israelites in this way. As the spies were 40 days in the promised land and then rejected it, so the people would spend 40 years in the wilderness. It was a direct result of that act of faithlessness and unbelief. Well, we're going to fast forward a little bit, and at this point, the Israelites have entered the promised land. We're going to go to Joshua chapter 14, and now these same young men who were spies, Caleb and Joshua, are now older men. In fact, the oldest men in all of Israel, Joshua chapter 14. And what we're going to see here is what I'm going to call three keys for taking the land. Now, in our case, that's not necessarily physical and geographical, although it could be. But I want to give us three keys that come out of Joshua 14 for taking the land that God has given us. Joshua chapter 14, verses 6-9, to this is what it says. So the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said to him, "'You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. "'I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land.' And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have fully followed the Lord uh, my God. The first thing that Joshua is going to do in this passage is that he's going to recall God's promises. He's going to recall God's promises. Now, to put this in context, it is now 45 years after the passage I read to you a moment ago, or the verse I read to you, and the people have now entered into the promised land, but they've not yet taken all of it. They've only taken some. And and Caleb says, in verse 6, he says, You know, people of God, you know Joshua, you know what the Lord said. 45 years later, and Caleb is still hanging, into this, hanging on to this promise that God has made to him. And this is a principle all throughout Scripture. I've talked about it often with you. God oftentimes gives a promise to a person, both in Scripture and in our uh, day-to-day life. We see this. God often makes a promise that takes a long time to fulfill, similar to the way that a seed takes lots of time and and effort and pain in some cases to grow into what it was planted for. Did you know that Abraham was told that he would become a father at 75 years old and still had to wait 25 years for the birth of Isaac? David uh, was anointed to be the king of Israel. We believe he was around 15, and it wasn't until the age of 30 that he took the throne of Israel. The prophets, including Isaiah, began to speak of the coming Messiah more than 600 years before Jesus came to the earth. There is promise, and then there is a gap, and there is fulfillment. And the question is, what do we do in the gap? Caleb chose to recall God's promises, to hang on to what Was spoken and to believe it for himself. When I was younger and wrestling mightily with sin, and particularly wrestling against sexual sin in my life, I remember begging God for freedom and and asking forgiveness and trying to do better and and feeling so stuck. And I came across this verse in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. It said, Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And I was like, Man, that sounds so good, but is it true? And if it's true, why can't I overcome this? Why can't I find freedom? And I struggled for years and years. The truth is that it's not the team that wins the first half or the fighter who wins the first round, but it's the one who goes the distance. And what I have seen is that, that God's promises that we will overcome, His promises of victory, it doesn't always mean that they come overnight. But as we walk with God faithfully, the way Caleb did, eventually we stand on the cusp of the promised land or in the promised land, and we look back we go, God, you have been faithful to your promise. Go back to Joshua chapter 14. Look together with me at verses 10 and 11. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said these 45 years, since the time that the Lord spoke his, uh, this word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness... And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. The second thing that Caleb does in this passage is that he relies on God's strength. He relies on God's strength. So first he recalls God's promise. Now he relies on God's strength. I say now, but the truth is, This wasn't something that Caleb just mustered up the courage to do at 85 years old. He had been relying on God's strength day in and day out since he was a young man. And those habits that he formed as a young man became the pattern of his life as an old man. The same strength that he relied on from God at 40 years old to stand in the face of those who opposed him was the strength he had now at 85 to say, whatever God has for me next, I'm in. I'm ready to go. By the way, Caleb is not just saying that he's strong in the sense of like spiritually or mentally strong. I remember when I first was looking at this uh, years ago, that was kind of the idea that I had. He's like, I'm as strong now as I was then. And we're thinking, okay, yeah, like, like you still have strong faith. But amazingly, it's more than that. In fact, verse 11, Caleb says, I am strong and I have strength for war and for coming and going. Like, this dude's 85 years old, and he's ready to go to battle. And and this is just one more way that God's favor in Caleb's life was manifest, not only to preserve him, to keep him alive, but to the point where when they enter the promised land, he'd have the strength to take it and also to endure and enjoy the experience. Now, it is clear to me in those verses 10 and 11 that Caleb's confidence was not in his own strength, but that it was in the one who had given him strength the one who had made him the promise, the one who had been faithful to him. I want to address two groups on kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. First, I want to speak to those of you that are young. Um, I was young once, I'll be 40 soon, and I remember what it was like to be a teenager, to be in my 20s, and to feel somewhat invincible. And the truth, young person, is that one day your strength, whether that's literal physical strength or whether your strength is in your beauty or your personality or intellect, but eventually those things will fail you. Proverbs 31 says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. I want to challenge you, teenagers, young adults, would you commit now to making the Lord your strength so that whatever life throws at you, you can one day, as an older man like Caleb was, say, I'm as strong now. As I was then in an unfailing strength I possessed from the Lord. And then I want to address those of you who are not so young. We'll say it like that. Caleb understood that it was God who had preserved his life and that he had done so for a specific purpose. I I want to gently caution you, older person. Against what I would call the retirement mentality—that that you reach a certain point where you go, I, I've I've worked hard enough, I've I've served long enough, I've shown up uh, time and time again, and, and now I get to just coast to the finish line. There is nothing in the Bible that would speak to that being the case or being allowed. Fortunately, we are filled with people who have gotten to the age of retirement and said, "I'm still ready to go. I'm still ready." to be in for what God has for me. I'll never forget while our church was still at Sunridge Middle School when Greg Lockie, one of our deacons, came to me and said, Chris, I'm retiring this week, and I want you to know because now I'll have more time to serve. Uh, Not just more time to travel, not just more time to play golf or do whatever, but Chris, now I want to give myself even more. He was already serving, but now I want to give myself even more to what God has for me. I want to live out These next 20 or 30 years or whatever God gives me, I want to finish strong. The psalmist said it this way, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. One more time in Joshua 14, pick it up at verse 12 with me. Caleb speaking again says, So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there in the promised land, with great fortified cities, and it may be that the Lord will be with me, and I will drive them out, just as the Lord said. And then Joshua blessed Caleb, and he gave Hebron to him, the son of Jephunah for an inheritance. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. The third key to taking the land is to receive your inheritance to receive it, to step into it. You might ask the question, well, what do you mean my inheritance? I mean, for Caleb, it was this piece of land, this geography. What is my inheritance as a Christian? Let me give you just four real quick. You've inherited the forgiveness of sins. You've inherited the Spirit of God living inside of you. You you have inherited a spiritual community of brothers and sisters. You've inherited a future reward in heaven, and that's just a few of the things that are our inheritance through faith in Christ. Peter, in his first epistle, chapter 1, verses 3 to 5, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance, an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready To be revealed in the last time. Peter's going to say, look, your inheritance is not just a piece of land like it might have been in the Old Testament. Your inheritance is every spiritual blessing in Christ. That is what you possess through faith. I might illustrate it this way as a dad with two daughters and a son. uh, Most of what I have here and now is already theirs. You go, what do you mean? Well, I mean, my home is theirs. They they don't have to knock when they come in. They they don't have to ask permission to to use their bedrooms. They're owners in the same way that I am. They possess that home with me. And and one day, not only that, but one day all of my possessions will be theirs when I'm gone. And and in the same way, uh, so many things it, through Christ, we possess in the spiritual realm, we possess all of these things. And one day, we will take full possession of all that God has for us in heaven. The Bible says that we are sons and daughters of God through faith. But don't miss this. This is so important. And it comes from the story in Joshua 14. Caleb expected that gaining his inheritance would require a battle. I Think think about this. This is is startling to me. 45 years earlier, God had promised him an inheritance. He's waited patiently. He's been faithful. Now he's an 85-year-old man, and he's like, I'm ready for my inheritance. And so he grabs his sword. What's the point? What's the principle? I believe it's this. Just Just because God has promised it doesn't mean it will come easily. Or let me say it another way. Just because the road is hard doesn't mean it's not the road God has for you. We get so conditioned to thinking that, if, well, if God made the promise, then it, the door should just be flying open or whatever it is. But the truth is, it takes faith. And sometimes it, it, it takes doing our part to enter into the promise that God has for us. That has been true for us as a church. We, we know that God called us and, and we knew God was planting us in this part of central Florida. Uh, we knew several months ago that as leadership of the Oasis Church and Horizon West Church that we were called to merge together. Doesn't mean it was all easy, but it does mean that God promised it and we were stepping into the inheritance that he has for us. The same is going to be true, friends, as we embark on this new journey at Horizon High School in the heart of Horizon West. It's going to be tough. There's going to be things that are hard. We're going to attempt to reach a community with the gospel that, that hasn't necessarily said, hey, come. That, that They're not saying, hey, we're looking for something. That they're just doing life, and, and it's going to be us reaching them. It's going to be us praying for them. It's going to be us inviting them. It's going to be us being faithful to the call that God has put in our lives if we're going to enter the inheritance that he has for us. Three times in this passage it says that Caleb wholly followed the Lord. He wholly followed the Lord. I want to ask you this question. Could it be said of you, could it be said of me that we wholly followed the Lord? Could, could that be put on our gravestone? Could that be said at our funeral? Like, like, what about this guy, Chris? Tell me about this guy. Could it be said he was someone who wholly followed the Lord? Well, whatever your past uh, wherever you've been, whatever your spiritual temperature is today, I want to present to you an opportunity to, together, as one church, Horizon West Church, to say, I'm in, to wholly following the Lord into this new season that He has for us, a season that begins one week from today. As was true for Caleb in the Old Testament, so for us, the impact of our decision to follow the Lord, to be faithful to the things he's called us to, I believe will have impact on our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, and for generations to come. I want to close with a text that was sent to me a few weeks ago when we made the big announcement and we shared that we were going to be going into Horizon High School on Sunday mornings and that, that that was positioning us for growth and to even reach more people with the good news of Jesus. And I got a text from one of our members, Barbara Barbara, will, as she'll share in the text, um, and you'll see this in just a moment, Barbara is 82 years old. At 79 years old, Miss Barbara left the campus that she had been part of for decades, our John Young campus of First Baptist Orlando, and came with a bunch of mostly younger people to plant something new in an elementary or, or rather middle school cafeteria. 18 months into that, we had to let Barbara know, along with everyone else, that we could no longer meet in the school because of COVID, and we had to to go online, and we had to figure out this new season of, of digital and virtual and meet occasionally on a Sunday night here and there, and Barbara stuck with us through that transition. And then about six months after that, we had opportunity to, to begin meeting at the Oasis campus as we were still two churches at that time. And, and it was Saturday nights and we had to ask Miss Barbara, hey, can you come out on Saturday nights and be part of this new season in the life of our church? And Miss Barbara did it. And then six more months went by, or seven, and we made the announcement that we were merging Horizon West Church and Oasis Church. We're becoming one. And it was challenging and it was different and Unique, And Miss Barbara made that transition and championed that transition with us. And now here, six months later, we've said, hey, we're once again moving. We're, we're going into new territory. And I was nervous a little bit, not just for Miss Barbara, but for others to go, man, is this too much movement? Is it too uh, unstable? Is, is it just too much? And this was the text I received from Miss Barbara a few weeks ago when we made the announcement. She said I marvel at the goodness of God to plant this old gray-haired 82-year-old grandma smack in the middle of his spirit-led, vibrant, Jesus-loving and following ministry that is building his kingdom one soul at a time. I love being his child in my family of brothers and sisters at HW. After all, we have the same father, Agape B. Miss Barbara is for us what Caleb was for the people of Israel. And we've got others. I think of Stanley and Lenore. I think of uh, Ellen and Kelvin. I, I think of Jimmy and Susie. I, I think of so many of the older generation who have said, we're with you and we're in and we're ready in this season to continue the, serving the Lord as we have in previous seasons. And I want to invite you, if you've not yet done so, would you even now, right where you're at at your home, would you pull out your phone and text I'm in to 407-407 You've heard us talk about that. If you haven't done so yet, this is your opportunity with just seven days to go before we launch into the school. When you do that, when you text uh, I'm in to 40777, you're going to receive a form that you can complete. That simply tells us uh, where you'd like to serve and whether you'd like to join a group and some other information as well. Uh, We don't want to miss the opportunity in a real practical way to say, come with us in this new season that God has for us. Church family, may we not be like those 10 spies who saw the opportunity but because of fear they failed to enter it. Instead, may we be like those disciples on the Sea of Galilee who left their nets and everything they had to follow Jesus. May we be like Isaiah the prophet who said, here am I Lord, send me. May we be like Jesus who submitted to the will of the Father and went to the cross. May we be like the young boy with his fish and his loaves who put them in the hands of Jesus. And may we be like Caleb, who at 85 years old continued to have the faith to believe and to enter into God's promises. Pray with me. God, we are so excited for what this next week is going to hold for us. God, we know that just simply by stepping out in faith and not necessarily knowing the outcome, that you're going to do greater things than we could ask or imagine. Well, we're going to see new people reached. We're going to see new families uh, uh, and communities transformed and neighborhoods. And, and God, would you just go before us, Lord? Lord, would you go before us? And would you do the greater work, God? We are up for it. We say together, we're in and we're ready. Lead us, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church podcast. If you are inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service times, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.